100.7 FM WHIN 1010 AM presents Sumner County Spotlight, a weekly public affairs program each Sunday at 10 AM. Sumner County Spotlight, exclusively by FNM Bank. 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. FNM Bank offers personal banking, business banking, and mortgage loans too. Right here in Hendersonville, FNM Bank is one of the top independent banks in Tennessee. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. MMLS number 518158. Here's your host for Sumner County Spotlights, Tony Richards. This is Jeff Shannon, and welcome into Sumner County Spotlight, uh, sponsored by our good friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at myfnmbank.com. We're heard each Sunday morning right here at 10 o'clock at WHIN. Good to have you aboard here this morning. And, you know, we've got a special guest here with Dave Ennis. Now, he's the keyboardist and original member of the critically acclaimed vocal group Restless Heart. We've all heard of Restless Heart. Uh, this group has had six Grammy nominations, five CMA nominations, as well as winners of the Academy Country Music Vocal Group of the Year Award. They have also got five gold records on RCA. In addition to being well-respected keyboardist, Dave is also an accomplished singer, songwriter, musician, and producer. So, hey, Dave, welcome into the show. Jeff, thanks for having me. I'm telling you what, that I, I didn't, I didn't uh, <laughs> realize that you could put together such an impressive-sounding resume for me because, I mean, here's the reality. I, I brush my teeth at the truck stop <laughs> when I'm out <laughs> on the road with Restless Art. Same five guys yeah. that we started with, the original members, 38 years later, and we're still rolling down the road, clocking up the miles, you know, and, and uh, entertaining our longtime fans. We've got folks that come to almost every show, and they follow us around the country, and so we always try to connect with them, and then after the show's been going out in the lobby and shaking hands and and uh you know just having fun with the with our our people we've got a really loyal fan base and they're they're what sustained us over the years jeff um mm -hmm. you know we're kind of in the nostalgic business now because we had a lot of success when we were on rca records and and a lot of those songs that we do in our show really have a special meaning to the to the people that we're performing for and you know it's the crowd that brings life to this music. We've played these songs thousands of times, but each time is different because the crowds are always different. Some of them are rowdy, some of them are uh, thoughtful, you know, listening crowds if we're playing in a performing arts center or performing with a symphony. We've had the good fortune of being able to play with the Nashville Symphony, uh, which is one of the premier mm -hmm. symphonies in the world. Indeed, yeah. And uh, and we played with the Kansas City Symphony a couple of years back. So, we, you know, we're still staying busy, although I have to say since this COVID pandemic, uh, the music industry has been hit pretty hard because, you know, large gatherings of people have been prohibited. Yep. And, and, you know, it, I understand the reasons for that. It's just unfortunate that there's so many of my colleagues in the music industry that are unable to earn a living now. They're all scrambling, trying to find something else. Yeah. I, on the other hand, have been enjoying my four state of semi-retirement. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've been riding my bike. And, yeah. You know, just uh, working out and doing projects around the house and puttering around in the yard. And I've also been working on a soundtrack. My son asked me to task me with uh, this soundtrack i've been helping him with but he's really the brains behind the operation and i'm just i'm just uh you know giving him uh 
my skill set um, as it applies to what he's doing. But uh, yeah, man, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's great to be here with you this morning, Jeff. Yeah, I'm looking forward to spending the hour with you and, yeah. and uh, walking down memory lane and maybe telling some jokes and telling a few lies and <laughs> you know the drill. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, yeah, uh, talk to me, brother. Yeah, right, so, man. You know, you've you've been doing this for a, a, a long time, and I thought it was kind of crazy. You actually have some classical training that probably started back with your mom. So tell us a, about your early beginnings. Well, that's right. My mom was my piano teacher, and I started when I was six years old, and I was just begging to play. And, of course, I used to just walk up to the piano and reach up and try to, you know, touch the keys. But the first thing my mom (laughs) taught me was find all the C's, find all the D's, find all the E's. And, you know, Mm -hmm. so I'd just walk from one side of the piano to the other and reach up and, and, you know, and find the notes. And that kind of helped train my ear from an early age. But Mm -hmm. The first song I learned was to impress my dad when he got home from work. It took me forever to learn it, but it was uh, 76 trombones. <laughs> you know that song? Yeah, gosh. 76 I've... trombones. <laughs> and da, 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 da. When the 110 clarinet's right behind. It's from the Music Man. Yes. And uh, dad was duly impressed, I have to say. Went on to study classical music you know, through high school and entered a bunch of competitions and kind of hung in that circle i always say i i read music but not enough to hurt my playing (laughs) (laughs) but uh i went on to study classical piano at uh, boston university as well and and some at the tulsa university which is the first place i attended when i graduated from high school way back in 1977 which Makes me 61 years old. Wow, yeah. So, and you also, you perform with the Boston Pops, uh, you know, a bunch of folks like that. And you also uh, went to Belmont University right here in Nashville. I did go to Belmont University. I, however, did not perform with the Boston Pops. I used to sneak, I'd lived in Boston and mm-hmm. I used to sneak in to hear the Boston Pops. Mm-hmm. Um because at intermission, they would open the, the door to the, uh, and I'd be up there on the fire escape. And as soon as they opened the door, because, uh, you know, it'd get really hot in there and, and that's very old building. So mm-hmm. I would sneak in and watch the second half of those concerts. I guess from what I've researched and when you went to Belmont, you actually were studying the, the music business, which I think is a very smart on your part. Well, yes, I did. I, I went not only to Boston University, but I also went to the Berkeley College of Music, which mm-hmm. is kind of like a trade school for musicians. And I studied music theory there, and, and uh, I studied a little music business enough to, to sort of realize that I had an aptitude for it. So when I came to Nashville to try to break into the music business, uh, I was fortunate that I was, was able to get into Belmont, which is a fantastic uh, music business school. And I studied copyright law and music publishing nice. and management and, you know, all of those nuts and bolts aspects of the business that, you know, they call it the music business for a reason. Because, mm. you know, they call it playing music. That's the fun part, the playing, but it's the music business. And you better believe there's a lot of business involved. Well, absolutely. And when I, and I think I always told that people say, well, what do I, how do I do this and how do I do that? And study. I say, well, the first thing you need to do is learn business. If you can learn the business and marketing aspect of what you're going to do, that's going to help you tremendously. And of course, then the talent will take over from there. Well, you, you at least need to have an appreciation 
for it so that you can assemble the right team around you. Uh, Restless Heart was fortunate in the beginning. Our producer, Tim Dubois, was an accounting professor at Vanderbilt University, but he'd also written some hit songs. He was an aspiring songwriter. He wrote Love in the First Degree for Alabama. Nice. Yep. Uh, she Got the Gold Mine, I Got the Shaft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a good one. I love that. Song, yep. I think. Trying to remember who recorded that. It might have been Razzie Bailey. I can't remember, but mm-hmm. Tim had had some success. But he had a he had a bunch of songs that Alabama had passed on. They were too, I guess you'd call them too, not straight down the pike country in the style that Alabama was comfortable with. Of course, they were writing most of their own songs. So Tim had had this collection of songs. So we got the guys together. Originally, we had a different lead singer, a guy named Verlin Thompson, who's married to. Uh, Demetria Kaladimos, coincidentally, mm-hmm. um, and and he is a wonderful singer and a great player. But in the end, he decided he wasn't ready to make a commitment to have to go out on the road because we were, you know, gone working. We opened for Alabama for two and a half years, and then we went from there and opened for the Judds nice. for another couple of years. We we toured with Hank Williams Jr. and then we did this thing called the Marlboro Tour, which uh, we did uh, shows with George Strait and. Merle Haggard, and then we did some shows with Bruce Hornsby. We opened for him because he uh, was a label mate of ours. He was at RCA New York, and we were at RCA Nashville. So we were on that tour for a minute, and and uh, we did a. We were managed by Larry Fitzgerald and Mark Hartley back in the day, and they were managing Olivia Newton-John and and the Tubes and. Toto. And so we actually went overseas to Germany uh, and opened shows for Toto. And that was really an experience. Yes. There's a YouTube video somewhere of us on stage with Toto singing <laughs> Africa. Yeah. And uh, that, that was it an was. experience I will never forget. Well, and when you were at Belmont, I guess that's when you ran into Larry. And so how did you guys kind of connect to say, hey, we got to form this group? The original working title for the group was Oki project and that's because everyone in the band was from oklahoma tim from oklahoma the other co-producer scott hendricks who went on to run capital records Mm -hmm. um and produced brooks and dunn and you know the list goes on and on and on uh he's had tremendous success and tim as well uh as a producer and also he ran arista records here in nashville for a while I think he has a management company now, but he's, you know, they, they made their bones back there in the, in the eighties. Uh, but yeah, so originally uh, our bass player, Paul is from Oklahoma. Our guitar player, Greg is from Oklahoma. I'm from Oklahoma and Verlin Thompson was from Oklahoma, but in the end, Verlin decided not to do it, but I was going to Belmont college and I knew Larry cause he was working in the studio there and I'd never heard a guy sing that well yes. in, in my awesome. short time in the business and, you know, just playing in bands in junior high school and high school and, you know, garage bands. And, and uh, you know, he was just a, clearly a cut above uh, anything I'd ever experienced. And we ended up playing in a band together. Uh, I was uh, playing keys and Larry was singing and also playing keys and uh, Jerry Kennedy's son, who's, who produced the Statler Brothers and many other acts, his son, Gordon Kennedy, was the guitar player. And Gordon had major success. He wrote If I Could Change the World for Eric Clapton, for instance. He was Garth Brooks' band leader for a while when he was doing that. Chris Gaines' alter ego project, pop project, and <laughs> Gordon had written a bunch of those songs. He was also 
the lead guitarist for the Christian group, White Heart, uh, after Dan Huff left. So Gordon and Larry and I were playing in a band, and it was a spoof band. It was called Chuck Wagon and the Wheels. And we were doing novelty songs and just playing around town and having a blast. And so when Verlin dropped out and Tim was, you know, going, what are we going to do? You know, we spent so much time and energy on this project. We don't have a singer. And I said, I know a guy. I approached Larry about it, and to be honest with you, he was pretty skeptical, but mildly interested. And then Tim Dubois called him up, and Larry said he had every intention of saying no. He, he was shaking his head no. Well, the words that came out of his mouth were yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the rest is history. 38 yeah. years later, we're still we're still at it, and, and Larry's singing every bit as good as he ever did, if not mm, better. Yeah. We're approaching our, our first break right here. When we come back, I want to get, jump into, you can tell some stories. Let's find out all of the great artists that you've actually performed with and uh, maybe been on their projects and such like that. So when we return, we're going to find out more with Dave Ennis, and we'll be right back after these words. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Okay, and welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. This is Jeff Shannon, and we've been speaking with uh, Dave Ennis, and he's the keyboardist and just a entrepreneur, uh, extraordinaire kind of guy with a great history uh, with Restless Heart. So, Dave, welcome back into the show, and let's find out how do we come up with the name Restless Heart. Well, thank you, Jeff, for having me on your program, and it's a real honor to to uh, be interviewed by you and you know I just I'm just thrilled to be here and look forward to working with you in the future um, I value this friendship that we've got going and uh, and I thank you for finning our record absolutely um, the name Restless Heart is actually kind of a funny story we formed this thing called Restless Heart in the recording studio there was a it was a little demo studio that was in a, a publishing company that was a house on Music Row and in the attic. Uh, this was a place called House of Gold, and it was owned by Bobby Goldsboro. And uh, so that's kind of where I cut my teeth because uh, Jeff Silbro, the guy that wrote Wind Beneath My Wings, was a writer there, and Van Stevenson was a writer there. They went on to sell that Bobby sold his publishing company to uh, Warner Brothers. So then I ended up being a staff writer over at Warner's. But in the beginning, I was just, you know, trying to break into the industry playing song demos for writers. And I got Jeff Silbar's account and, uh, and did some stuff for Van as well. And uh, Tim Dubois was a writer there. So originally how I got in Restless Heart was that I was from Oklahoma. So I fit the criteria of everybody had to be from Oklahoma. Our drummer, <laughs> original drummer was Martin Parker, um, who plays with Vince. Uh, and then John Dietrich. But Martin didn't sing. And so we wanted all players because we wanted to be self-contained on our records. But we also all do harmonizing and we can switch the leads up between anyone in the band we're all capable of singing lead although you know i would say larry john and paul are the premier singers and of course greg our guitar player is is a world-class virtuoso guitarist it's such an honor pleasure to work with these guys each and every night you know the vocals tune up and and the playing is top notch i'm the i'm the odd man out on that because the guy's telling me Ennis can't play it the same way once. <laughs> I'm always improvising and making up parts and sometimes it works out great. 
I think that adds an element to a live performance because I, you know, I kind of feed off the crowd. So anyway, we formed the band in the studio and we didn't have a name. And then what we did is we, we went down to a soundstage at Studio Instrument Rentals and we rented the big room that had a sound system and we did showcases for every label in town. Capitol Records wanted to sign us, but they didn't. They wanted us to start over on the music, and we had an entire record done, 10 or 12 songs, and, and uh, MCA wanted to sign us. I'm trying to think. It was it was RCA that came down and listened, and they loved not only the band and the concept, but they said, we'll just, you know, we'll sign these songs that you've already finished. We love it. Mm. And uh, Joe Galante was a real visionary. And, of course, Mark Wright was over there, and, and he had taken it to Joe. So Randy Goodman, Jack Weston, Dave Wheeler. I mean, they had really an amazing promotion staff and, and uh, A&R staff. And, you know, they had the biggest act in the music industry at the time in the country music industry with Alabama. And they had Ronnie Mills staff, and they had the Judds. So they, I mean, they really had it going on. Mm -hmm. So we're two weeks away from RCA releasing the first single, and we don't have a name for the band yet. So Joe Galante calls us up, <laughs> calls us into a meeting, and he says, "Fellas, it'd really be nice if you guys could settle on a name because your single's about to be released come on get the lead out so <laughs> so we locked ourselves in a room and we all wrote down names that we liked that sounded like a good band name my contribution which i got from my dad was uh cimarron um which is a river that runs through oklahoma which mm -hmm. is where i'm from so uh Someone had submitted, I think it was our guitar player, Greg Jennings, had submitted the name Restless Heart because it was a song that we recorded and it's on our first album. So we picked five names and then we called it down to a couple and then we, we finally settled on Restless Heart. But the credit for that goes to our guitar player, Greg Jennings. What was, do you remember, this goes back, uh, I guess what, in the 80s, 90s, what was the first uh, video do you remember doing? And was that on VH1 where that aired first? The first video we did at the time, RCA would only do one video per album because mm -hmm. it, it was a new format. Um, you know, there was MTV and then, you know, there was CMT, which was country music television at the time. And we recorded a song off of our first album called Back to the Heartbreak Kid. And we did it out in California uh, where they shoot all those westerns so we're out mm -hmm. in the middle of a you know scrub oak and uh you know up in a mountain it's a beautiful setting and we did uh, back to the heartbreak kid and then i think we shot a video on blue size we actually financed some of our own videos we wanted to have documentation so we we rented the uh war memorial auditorium uh in downtown nashville and we recorded some live performance video. We brought in an audience and uh, we did Blue Eyes in Texas and several other songs. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we shot a RCA funded video on Blue Eyes in Texas as well. We did Why Does It Have to Be Wrong or Right, which was a number one record for us. Um, and we shot that in downtown Nashville. We shot a video in San Francisco down at the wharf called Tender Lie. We did a video on 
fast moving train. There was a song that was written by my good friend, Dave Loggins, who was, you mm -hmm. know, he wrote and sang, please come to Boston, nice which track. is, a, yep. you know, a standard of standards. So, uh, we did, we did a video on that song and uh, Minnesota fats was in that video the, the you know, the, uh, pool shark, Minnesota fat anyway. So we had a, a good time doing videos, but, uh, uh, yeah, we 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 did a bunch of them back in the day, and they didn't have as wide an audience as they do now. You know, yes. and, and nowadays videos are crucial. It, you know, as a business card, as a marketing device, because you know you've got uh, YouTube and and uh, you know these outlets for yep. videos that people really they want to see what the artist looks like because we we're doing it back in the day where videos were brand new and the, and uh, country music television didn't have that wide of an audience yet. They were, they were building their phones. We were doing shows like the Ralph Emery show. I remember Ricky Van Shelton gave me a cowboy hat. It was a black cowboy hat with a silver band. And I was just so enamored with mm -hmm. that. He uh, was such a kind man to us in those early days and, and was just a huge a country music star so we were sitting in the green room he was getting ready to go out and interview with ralph and i said man that's a great looking hat you have he goes well why don't you try it on so i tried it on and i said man i kind of like the way i look in this hat so a week later i get a hat in the mail hey, ricky George. sent me a a cowboy hat. I thought that was such a class move. Sure, absolutely. And, and if I re recalled the Heartbreak Kid, uh, back to Heartbreak Kid, that that was uh, previously recorded by Kathy Matea. Did she have that on right. uh, one of her albums? Yeah, she had that, uh, and that was one of the names we considered for instead of Restless Heart was the Heartbreak Kid. I'm glad we didn't choose that, but yes, Kathy Matea originally cut that song, and uh, and we picked it up. Uh, as a result of hearing her record of it and, and just love that piece of music. It's sure. a, the lyric is fantastic. It is. So it, all the guys are from Oklahoma. You, you might've at that time run, you might've run into uh, a kid, uh, Blake Shelton. Did you ever run into him back in the early days? Not in the early days, but we've <laughs> certainly young. run into him at the, at the <laughs> Grand Ole Opry and, you know, Vince Gill. And, and of course we did shows with Garth Brooks, um, and and he's a very nice man as well. It's mm -hmm. easy to see why he's had the success he's had when you see how he interacts with his with his uh, with his fans. Yeah, you know he'll he'll stay and sign autographs until the last person leaves. And I think he set a record for an autograph session. I think it was like twenty four hours. People were standing in line, sure. so he just stayed there and That's signed. Right. And always took the time to you know he always takes the time to engage each person and, and listen intently to what they have to say. And, and I really admire that. I tell you, the other guy that's like that is Wayne Newton. I watched wow. him in yeah. action and he is the very attentive and sincere listener. So, you, well, that's how the big boys do it. If you really want to get ahead in this industry, you know, and you can't fake that kind of sincerity. It's, it's not a, a put on. This is, these are, are very genuine people and uh i always admired that so i try to embody that you know even if i'm tired um i i always realize that it's very important how fans feel like they are appreciated 
that they are listened to and taken seriously. And so that to me is, is uh, paramount. Yeah. Well, you know, and you've, you've been around a lot of these artists, you've had the chance to perform on some of their projects. So who, who have you actually uh, played on project or maybe in a concert or. Oh gosh. I mean, the list <laughs> goes on and on. Yes. I had the, I had the, the Warner brothers camp Warner records. Cause I, uh, Jim Ed Norman and uh, his engineer is Eric Prestige, who engineered all those Seals and Crofts records. And Jim Ed played uh, keyboards on the Eagles' The Long Run album. So he's a very knowledgeable man. Uh, he was running the record label over there at, uh, at Warner Brothers. But So I had the occasion to play on like Ann Murray Records and Crystal Gale Records and, and uh, on and on. Um, I also had Jerry Crutchfield's account over at MCA. So I played on Lee Greenwood's records. Let's see. I played on, oh gosh, it just, the list just goes on and on. Uh, you know, in, in that, when I was a session player, I was doing three, three hour sessions a day. And then I was going out to a, a buddy's studio and, you know, tr- playing all night, trying to write and come up with song ideas. And, and uh, as a staff writer for Warner Brothers, I, I was hooked up with a fantastic writer named Sam Lorber. And he and I were, were songwriting pals, and we wrote a song called Darabin that was picked up by Richard Perry, who was the producer for the Pointer Sisters, and they released that song as a single, and it, it was a top ten pop record. And uh, so th- that was some that was an accolade that uh, you know that made me realize that that there's really something to this. I may be able to write songs, and then I subsequently wrote songs for George Benson. And uh, I wrote a, a song with uh, a good friend of mine, Bill LaBounty, who wrote most of Steve Warner's big songs like The Weeknd. And he and I wrote a song called Holding Out that was cut by Peter Cetera, who, of course, was the uh, bass player and lead vocalist for the group Chicago until he uh, went on his solo project. And so uh, Bill and I wrote wrote that for him. Dave, we'll be, we're going to be right back. We're going to go to our, our next break. We're talking with Dave Ennis, and he's one of the founding members of the fabulous group Restless Heart. We're going to talk more with Dave right after this. FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. And welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight. Right here with Jeff Shannon, and we're heard each Sunday morning at 10 o'clock right here at WHIN. Of course, sponsored by our good friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at myfnmbank.com. We've been talking with Dave Ennis, the keyboardist with the fabulous group Restless Heart. And Dave, I know you've got a, a, something you're very passionate about, and it's a new project you're working on. It's called Music with a Mission. And this, I guess, is a project to help the musicians with the National Symphony, and they're out of work. So uh, tell us about this project well it, it's it's the nashville symphony orchestra that that performs here in music city at the skirmerhorn and jeff it's it's just tragic because the, the the business model that symphony here in nashville uses is a ticket sales based uh 
revenue business model. And because of the COVID pandemic, they haven't been able to have these large gatherings and, and the entire music industry's been hit. But the Nashville Symphony is full of some of the finest virtuosic players on the planet. You know, people that studied at Juilliard and Freiburg and Indiana University and, you know, uh, have accolades and they've won Grammy Awards. They've, you know, they are known throughout the world as being one of the finest symphonies and recording symphonies as well. But they can't make their expenses by socially distancing inside the auditorium. It's just simply the numbers don't add up. And so these world-class musicians, but also the staff, the, the administrative staff, the crew that cleans up, the servers in the restaurant, everybody from the top down, most have been furloughed. And if not furloughed, you know, some of the people that are just the skeleton crew now have taken drastic salary cuts, and they're, but they're out of money. Mm-hmm. And it just seems to me when I heard this, because literally I'm, I'm bike riding buddies with the uh, principal cellist of the uh, Nashville Symphony. And his, his name is Kevin Bate. And his wife is, uh, is, in, is the assistant principal uh, violinist. And Kevin was telling me we were riding our bikes on the, out on the Brentwood bike trails the other day. He was telling me that literally there are many musicians in the Nashville Symphony that since they've been furloughed without pay, have lost their homes because they couldn't pay their mortgages. They've got kids and they're living out of their cars. And I think that is an abomination and something has to be done. Um, You know, there are other business models that like the Utah symphony, for instance, which doesn't even call itself music city and attract tourism dollars from all across the globe as a major contributor to the tax revenue base for Nashville, you know, everyone's very happy to call this Music City, but I'm asking, let it's time to prove it because the Nashville Symphony is the premier attraction, music attraction in Nashville. And the Nashville Symphony has helped so many other people. They, uh, they raised money for the Nashville Rescue Mission by donating the services of their building and and provided the orchestra and all the proceeds from concerts that went on for four years uh i i produced or co-produced three of those uh concerts and, and you know we had everybody from ricky skaggs and amy grant to the the uh jazz uh saxophonist branford marsalis and we and, you know we had the wow. gallon brothers yeah. we had david phelps we had the booth brothers we had tracy lawrence we had Leroy Parnell, we had, I mean, it just, we had Peter Noon from Herman's Hermits come and, and everyone got to perform with the symphony. So there were a lot of string arrangements that, that were done. So it, you know, it, a lot of people got put to work, but all the money went to the Nashville Rescue Mission and the, and primarily it raised the awareness of the plight of the Nashville Rescue Mission and what they needed. Well, now the shoe's on the other foot because the symphony is in trouble. So it is my mission. And I'm telling you, this is, uh, you know, I, Jeff, I'm, I I have to admit that uh, for the majority of my life, I was a fan of 
Jesus Christ, but not a follower. So I am now a full-blown, completely dedicated mm-hmm. follower of, of uh, Jesus Christ. And it has been put on my heart that I am to spearhead this effort and, and leave no stone unturned. What they did in Utah was they, they went to the taxpayers and they introduced a referendum to see if uh, the taxpayers of, of the great state of Utah would be willing to uh, contribute towards the overhead costs of their symphony. So they get $4 million a year in tax revenue, whether they play one note, they don't even have to sell a ticket and they've got mm-hmm. that $4 million, which would go a long ways to nice. help the National Symphony. Sure. Also, they get, they had a, uh, uh, a donor that matched that amount dollar for dollar. So they've got $8 million before they even start. Yeah. So, that is an that's an immediate goal because this could get the players back on a stipend uh, to at least you know so they could uh, pay their bills and not have to live in their cars mm-hmm. um, until they can get back to work and you know they didn't cause COVID but they're certainly bearing the brunt of the of the tragedy of uh, of uh, not being able to perform at and these are the these people have no other skill sets. They just can't go be a handyman or work for a landscaping company or, or you know, mm-hmm. go down to the Home Depot and, and apply for a job, which, by the way, it's hard to get a job at Home Depot because everybody wants that job. Yes. So, you know, it it just seems to me like we, we've got to we've got to realize what a jewel the Nashville Symphony is for Nashville and also for the state of Tennessee. And, you know, if we're going to call ourselves Music City and bring in tourism dollars from all around the globe like we do, you know, it's the National Symphony and the Grand Ole Opry that are the that are the uh, uh, major attractions here. So that that's what I'm I'm dedicated to doing. I'd, I'd like to see if the taxpayers would be willing to vote and to pass a referendum where there was some tax revenue that could go to the Nashville Symphony to help them pay their overhead. Ideally, we want to raise enough money to go into a trust so that there is a principle that is never touched, that's, that is controlled by a responsible fiduciary. And, and then off of that uh, trust, the interest alone could cover uh, the majority of the expenses for the symphony and that is the ultimate goal and that's going to be you know we need a hundred million dollars to do that but the yeah. but the principal doesn't never go anywhere it stays in the trust sure the only money to get spent from that would be the interest yeah. on that yeah. so that's a pretty safe investment for somebody but I, you know there are uh pretty major players in this community of ours that have done well. And I think that is a very attainable goal, especially if, 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 you know, if God's behind it and, uh, and wants it to happen, then Jeff, you and I both know that, that it'll happen. Absolutely. So I am just, you know, I just sit in the back and play piano, but <laughs> I, this is on my heart and, and I'm going to move heaven and earth to, uh, to facilitate this mission. You know, I find it just overwhelming while you were talking. Back in June, 
the you know when COVID started really kicking in, the I noticed the orchestra announced the suspension of its concert activities through July of 2021. Now here here's the crazy numbers: they furloughed 79 musicians, 49 staff members, and the the conductor Giancarlo Guerrero, all furloughed. So how are these folks you know getting by? This I mean this is a great uh, initiative that you're doing. Well, they're on unemployment, and their unemployment benefits cap out at seventy five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. So they're, you know, they are now in real trouble, Jeff. You know, they, I don't even know what to say. It's I'm heartbroken. I I I, I wept over this when I learned this news because these are really good people, and that symphony has helped the 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 down and out and the downtrodden in uh, Nashville, and they've been doing it for years. Um, at the case in point, the, the uh, uh, efforts that, that I and, and my buddy, who was the, uh, up until his recent retirement from the Nashville Rescue Mission, he was the uh, person that was in charge of, of all of the, the kind of fundraising and, and uh, you know, the chief developmental officer for the rescue mission. And he's a brilliant man, and he's a dear friend of mine. And so I've enlisted his help. I called him out of retirement. And we were having lunch the other day, and I said, well, here's here's the deal. And I told him about it, and I said, and it pays nothing. <laughs> I'm not being paid. I would refuse to be paid. I don't want any money from this. I want all the money to go to the Nashville Symphony and the people that deserve it. And Lynn looked at me, and he goes, it pays nothing? That sounds perfect. I'm in. <laughs> so in yeah. addition to Lynn now, um, your your uh, lovely wife I met the other day when you and I were talking, yes. Kathleen Hawkins. And she is the president and CEO of the Hendersonville Chamber of Commerce. Yes. I talked yesterday to a good friend of mine who's the vice mayor of uh, Brentwood, Ken Travis. He's also the president of the Homeowners Association in the neighborhood that my wife, Adrian and I live in here in Brentwood. But I also know the mayor of Brentwood, uh, Ray Little, because he had a, an automobile garage that is has a wonderful reputation. Um, and I taken my vehicles there because uh, he does such good work. But he, he, someone else is running that right now because he's he's a full time uh, mayor of Brentwood. But so we're trying to not only appeal to the patrons of the Nashville Symphony, but to those people that realize that letting the Nashville Symphony fail in this way is a black eye. It is it, to, to the town of Nashville and to the state of Tennessee, because as I said, you know, everybody knows we call this Music City. So it's time to prove it. And, uh, and and I intend to exhaust every resource. I am not being paid for this. I do not want to be paid for it. I'm not looking to feather my cap. I will be happy to, to, to be behind the camera, so to speak. I don't, but you know, I'm gonna, Kevin Bate, the principal uh, cellist for the symphony has agreed to go with me to, to, uh, to educate and to lend the players perspective at any and all meetings that we can get set up. And, and, uh, so Kathleen, uh, has invited us to come up to the, the, uh, Hendersonville chamber of commerce, and we're going to sit around the board table and strategize and try to come up with a plan. I think we may be organizing some, 
uh, a benefit concert that of course will you know it'll raise some money but the but the major goal of that is to raise awareness so i'll be mm-hmm. interviewing it on every radio station you know bill cody at wsm is a pal of mine i can walk into kdf i've done television interviews at all of the you know for stuff in the past i did a bunch of stuff for music the the uh, music concerts that we did with the uh, Nashville Symphony to raise money for the Nashville Rescue Mission, and of course you're helping me now, and mm-hmm. I just owe you a giant debt of gratitude. Anything that I can ever do for you, Jeff, um, please don't hesitate uh, to call on me because I have a real passion for this, but I also have a have a long memory for my friends and and uh, i owe you big time buddy. Well, thank you yeah absolutely well listen we're, we're heading to our final break right now and when we come back we're going to talk more with dave ennis who is the keyboardist for the great band restless heart so we're going to talk more with dave right after these words FNM Bank presents Sumner County Spotlights. Since 1906, FNM Bank has been serving Middle Tennessee with first-class products and services. Visit them today at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville or myfmbank.com. Hey, welcome back to Sumner County Spotlight right here in Sumner County's number one hit music station, the all-new 100.7 WHIN. I'm Jeff Shannon, and we've been talking with Dave Ennis, a keyboardist for Restless Heart, and he's got a real passion for an event that he's trying to get going here and to help support the Nashville Symphony, and he's going to tell us more about it. And, And Dave, I think, you know, there's so many things that people can do. Run down some of those, and how can we help? Well, first of all, if anyone needs to get a hold of me that that wants to make a donation, I can put them in touch with the right people. Uh, but my email address, my name, Dave Ennis, and there's my last name is spelled like Holiday Inn with two N's. <laughs> so it's D A V E I N N I S at M E dot com. Dave Ennis at me.com. That's that's like, uh, you know, an iCloud account. But that's easy to remember, all small case. D-A-V-E-I-N-N-I-S at me.com. Please feel free to contact me. I will getting back ASAP with anyone that wants to get in touch with me and, and, and uh, get more information about this. We are in the preliminary phases of getting this organization structure put together in such a way that it's going to be working in close communication and under the direction of Alan Valentine, who is the CEO of the National Symphony. He also, that's his day gig. He's also a fantastic drummer and he plays in a classic rock band that that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely, well, yeah. I came out to hear Alan's band play last Saturday at the Pumpkin Patch Festival in exactly. Hendersonville. Yes. And, uh, and you and I just kind of hit it off. But anyway, yeah, Alan is a great guy. He's a great drummer, but he is the CEO of the Nashville Symphony and he has such a heart for this. You know, he just said, Dave, I feel so terrible. I feel, you know, I'm like a father to, to, my staff into my musicians and and uh, you know i i'm literally working around the clock trying to trying to find a solution to this uh problem uh, you know it's quite the dilemma and you know it's, it's nobody's fault in the nashville symphony that uh, this covid pandemic forced our national and state uh city governments to shut down music venues mm-hmm. 
eventually they're going to reopen, but it's not going to do much good if they've lost everyone in the symphony because they had to move to another state to get a job with some other symphony that, or, or they just get out of the music business altogether and try to find something else they can do. And so uh, this is just imperative that we, that we deal with this and we need to deal with it immediately. Mm -hmm. um, but you can get in touch with me through that email address. But we are meeting with Alan Lynn Bogle, who was the chief, developmental officer at the Nashville Rescue Mission when I was doing concert uh, to raise money for the rescue mission. And it was in conjunction with the Nashville Symphony because, you know, we, it was like a variety show. Everyone from Peter Noon to Branford Marsalis to Ricky Skaggs to Amy Grant to the Gatlin brothers and on and on. Uh, we did it. I, I did it for three years and then they did it another year uh, after I had uh, moved on to other projects. But Anyway, we're getting together to strategize right now to come up with the most effective uh, methods. Um, you know, I'd want to bring a referendum, and that's going to take, you know, a lot of door-to-door, -door, a lot of radio interviews and television interviews to bring this public awareness yes. to see if people in the Nashville area are willing to dedicate some tax dollars to the Nashville Symphony. And there's ways to go about that. There's strategies there's things that you know the nashville symphony could be doing concerts for the homeless they could be at ascend amphitheater um, doing concerts for veterans they can be doing concerts for seniors from all of the senior assisted living centers in in the area yes. they can do you know these would be free concerts to the people that are are down and out and then you know there those that could afford to pay that would accompany like families uh, veterans you know there would be an, an opportunity to make a pledge we can do a i was talking to uh, kathleen hawkins the ceo and president of the hendersonville chamber of commerce about organizing a benefit concert and getting a lot of my christian artist friends involved with it and and we have a bunch of friends in common as it turns out so i'm really looking forward to working with kathleen but as i say we are in the initial phases of this but we are going to move very quickly jeff because yeah. this yeah. is an ongoing tragedy it's an abomination for what we call music city usa to be letting their premier attraction that and the grand Ole opry are the premier music attractions in nashville and the grand Ole opry is really struggling as well yes but you know they've got deep pockets over there but i will say this the nashville symphony if it goes under it won't come back and so we have got to save them and and i will move heaven and earth to accomplish that goal uh, in any way that i can and i'm not looking to feather my cap i'm not being paid for this i'm doing it out of a sense of urgency and and just common human uh compassion protect the dignity and the livelihoods of these uh staff uh, adm administrative staff the conductor's been furloughed all the musicians have been furloughed it, you know it's got to be fixed and it's got to be fixed ASAP and I will not rest until I've exhausted every resource at my disposal and I am you know God's putting me in touch with the right people on a daily basis either leading me to them or leading them to me that's how I met you that's how I met uh, your wife and and you have been so helpful already, Jeff, and, and I owe you big time, my Thank brother. You. Any, you. Anything you ever need, you call on me, and I will deliver. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. And you know what? Since you were talking the symphony, I, I bet you if you got a hold of David Phelps, and he's classically trained and what probably one of the greatest vocalists 
of all time. I don't think anybody can really match his vocal capabilities, but I bet if you if you gave him a little jingle, he 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 might be interested. Well, you know, David Phelps was on our uh, Music with a Mission. It was kind of like a variety show. So we had the Booth brothers, and, and, and they're good pals of mine, uh, Michael and Ronnie Booth, yes. been over to the house. David Phelps uh, performed, and he did raise the roof at the uh, Skirmerhorn. And then he subsequently asked Restless Heart to come down. He has a barn. Yes, he, he does. Uh, yeah. Outfitted, shoot video, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, he does concerts on the weekends there. And that's kind of his house gig. And so he invited Restless Heart to come down. But yeah, he's a pal of mine. And, and David uh, will be somebody that I approach, you know, within the next week or so. Once we get an idea of how we want this benefit concert, which primary goal of the benefit concert is to perform for people that are that uh, mm. can't even afford to buy a ticket. Because we want our veterans. We want our homeless population. We want our kids we want our special needs kids we want our uh our seniors that are in assisted living centers around you know davidson county uh, wilson county uh williamson county sumner county all of that so you know we may be doing multiple shows kathleen said she has a venue that's an outdoor venue and and a wonderful stage and plenty of outdoor seating where it can be uh, socially distanced so we're looking forward to getting that going but it's it's we i'm going to pull out all the stops i i know a ton of people in the industry and i will call every single one of them and we are going to put together it's going to be our version of farm aid but it's going to benefit the Nashville Symphony Orchestra and their staff and support all of the people that surround that, whether it's servers in the restaurant, whether it's the cleaning staff, whether it's the administrative staff, and, and obviously the musicians. These people deserve our support and they deserve our compassion, our empathy, and our best efforts at, uh, at helping them get on some sure footing financially because, you know, they're living out of their cars, a bunch of them. They've lost their homes. They can't afford their meds. Their kids are suffering. It's, it's, it's an abomination. You know, I, you hear the word disgraceful a lot these days, and, but this is truly disgraceful, and it has to be fixed, and it has to be fixed now. Yes. So uh, I, I'm, I'm passionate about it. But I'm also compassionate about it and and very appreciative of anybody that wants to lend a hand or has an idea. I am all ears. Write me at Dave Ennis at me dot com spelled D-A-V-E-I-N-N-I-S at me, M-E dot com. Dave Ennis at me dot com. And uh, I will get back to you because I'm taking this 100 percent seriously. Uh, you know, when God wants to move. God moves. Yes. And I and I know that God is behind this. Yes. Um I feel it in my heart every day when I wake up passionately pursuing this. I'm I'm not being paid for this. Um no one is being paid for this. All of the money, every single penny will go to the Nashville Symphony Orchestra and they will be able to take care of their musicians and their staff. Yes. Well, and, and two, and you might want to, uh, I know you've been on the Huckabee Show, and uh, they're right here in Hendersonville, but they're, I I, they're, they're great supporters of the... No. Oh, yeah, he, no, he definitely can, he can, he can slap Mike some bass. Mike is, is, is a friend and uh, has actually played bass with Restless Heart yeah. on his show, and uh, we did When She Cries over there, and, and, and I'll Still Be Loving You, and, and, you know, some of our hits, and uh, Mike interviewed us, and he really was so gracious 
to take his time to have us on his show. And uh, I'm a great admirer of his. He is a man of God, and he is as nice of a, a person as you'll ever meet. So, uh, yeah, he's he's a pal, and uh, and I'll be getting back in touch with him uh, in regard to this uh, project that we're calling Music with a Mission for now. We may change that, but that's the working title for now, and and, uh, and we may stick with that or we may move on to something else that someone, you know, maybe somebody has a better idea. Anybody that wants to brand this thing, let me know. Yes. Well, and, and you know, there's just tons of, of things that people can do. And you know, I know it's crazy for everybody. There is a, you know, a financial burden that everybody's going through. But I think we have to look at these causes. And I had really don't realize how important the symphony orchestra is to a community and how much art it brings and how much culture that even for the smaller kids that they really need to get involved in this. So I, I, we really want to get a big push and hopefully everybody will, will feel that passion and try to help out this, this cause as much as possible, because I mean, you're doing a heck of a job and, uh, and you know, you, you have tons of energy to do it. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My Lynn Bogle, when I was doing the music concerts for, to raise money for uh, the rescue mission, he said, Dave Ennis, you were down here every day. And he nicknamed me Rambo because <laughs> <laughs> I was relentless. <laughs> but, you know, that's what it takes. If you're going to get stuff done, you got to be willing to roll up your sleeves and do the hard work. And you have to do it consistently and you have to do it authentically. And, you know, you have to do it with all sincerity and all humility. And uh, that's where I'm coming from. You know, I was just kid. I'd play, I'd sit in the back and play piano. You know, I have a desk job with Restless Heart. <laughs> but, you know, I've been doing it 38 years yeah. with the same five guys, and we're still loving playing and singing together. And, and uh, you know, we're in a service industry. We provide, you know, these songs that we had hits on in the 80s and into the 90s. You know, we had a, a whole string of number one records and and uh, and we're very blessed for that. And, uh, you know, large part of that is due to our promotion staff and also due to people like you, Jeff, that were willing to play our records. You know, we toured with Alabama. We toured with Hank Williams, Jr. We toured with Reba McIntyre. We toured with the Judds. We toured with Bruce Hornsby. We toured with Glenn Fry. We toured with Toto. We toured with George Strait and, and uh, Merle Haggard, uh, you know, and the list just goes on and on and on. We've done shows with Garth Brooks. We got our music out in front of a lot of people, but it's, you know, it all comes down to the fan base. And we have loyal fans that continue to support us and come to our shows. And they're all dear friends of ours now. We know most of them by name. In fact, Restless Heart is just a convenient excuse for them to get together with friends that they've made, you know, that were up Restless Heart fans. And they yeah continue to stay in touch there are people that have seen restless heart over 200 times so yeah you know it, this is is very humbling and and very much appreciated and not taken for granted by any of the members of, of uh, the restless heart organization they literally have sustained us through the years and uh, so but i'm going to do everything i can do to show these musicians and the staff and and the people of the city of nashville and the surrounding counties uh, the nashville symphony orchestra is a crown jewel uh, for music city and it and it needs to be uh, nurtured and supported 
So support it with your prayers, support it with your dollars, support it with your enthusiasm, support it by getting the word out. Let's raise awareness for how important and imperative this is for Nashville and and for the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. And, and you know, and God bless each and every one of you that is willing to help in any way. It, it is not taken for granted. It is very much appreciated. And God will bless you richly for engaging with this. I tell you that with 100% assurity, because this is, this is a righteous and worthy cause. And all of the money, 100% of the money goes to that cause. There's no... I, you know, I'm not getting a salary or a commission or anything. I would refuse it if it was offered. I, I don't want the glory. I don't want the feather in my cap. I just want to see this mission accomplished. Well, Dave, let me tell you, you're, it's definitely you're very passionate about it. You, you're doing a great cause. Uh, I've been a big fan of Restless Heart for years. I'm a big fan of yours now, and I hope it, it, it stays that way. We're going to try to help out in all we, we can. I hope the community uh, jumps on board with this. So with that, that's going to close this uh, edition of Summer County Spotlight right here at WHIN, sponsored by our friends at FNM Bank at 221 Indian Lake Boulevard and at myfnmbank.com. Hey, listen, this broadcast will be available on our website at whinradio.com starting Monday, so you can check that out and listen to it many times. Take notes and make sure you get Dave's uh, email. That's going to be in the comment section there when you go to uh, check out the video. So we'll see you next week on Sumner County Spotlight. Sumner County Spotlight has been brought to you exclusively by FNM Bank, 221 Indian Lake Boulevard in Hendersonville. Whether you need personal banking, banking for your business, or even home mortgages, FNM Bank can provide you with excellent service right here in Sumner County. Visit them today at myfmbank.com. Sumner County Spotlight will return next Sunday at 10 a.m. Thanks for listening.